0: You know, at least in this moment, in this bubble of this video call, I'm your coach. And part of my job is to help people be able to withstand the vicissitudes of what they've stepped into. And, you know, I often speak about uh, the roller coaster experience of up, down, up, down. And part of the tool set that I would give you is the ability to to pause and recognize what you've accomplished, the extraordinary experiences in which you find yourself operating. Not to, to hold yourself back and stay stuck in that space, but to just take a breath and realize this shit is hard. Welcome
1: to the Reboot Podcast. We are so glad you're here. I have the privilege of being with and watching entrepreneurs and leaders every single day. Often lost in the constant exploration for the right product, the right strategy, the fundraising is the human experience and the human challenges that are surfaced in the process. What's at stake for me? Am I enough? Who am I to do this? Who will I be if this fails? And then there's the roller coaster. Oh man, the roller coaster things are great and I'm great. Things are bad and I'm the worst. Up and down, up and down. And part of my responsibility and privilege is to remind them in each peak, in each valley, is yet another opportunity to come back to what matters. Another opportunity to grow. Who am I? What do I stand for? Who am I becoming? Who stands behind me? Why am I really doing this? It's actually in the exploration of those questions where we can find solid ground. We can get off the ride. We can find answers to the tactical questions we seek. Gene Smart is one of those brave founders riding the coaster. In this conversation with Jerry, she speaks of her own ups and downs, the weight and the support of her lineage, and reconnecting with purpose to what she and what the company stand for. Enjoy.
2: Are you ready to step more fully into the complex and exacting work that's required to become a better human and a better leader? We've developed six zero cost, long form email courses ranging from 15 to 80 days to help you better understand the fundamentals of communication, dig deep into radical self inquiry, manage your psychology, as well as practical advice to enhance all aspects of your business. Our courses are perfect for any leader looking to lead and live a more online life. Your friends, family, and coworkers will thank you. Explore all our free courses at reboot.io resources.
0: Hey, Jean, it's really, really wonderful to see you again and to have you on the show. And before we jump in, uh, why don't you t- just take a moment and identify yourself, who you are, how you see yourself, and what uh, role you might play in the world at large?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you, Jerry, for having me. It's awesome to be here. I'm a little nervous, but um, mm-hmm. that means it's a good sign. Uh, nerves mm-hmm. are good. Um, so I am Jean Smart. I'm the founder and CEO of Penelope we provide streamlined 401k plan services, retirement services for micro small businesses. And when I say micro, we're focusing primarily on small businesses with under 50 employees, which is Mm -hmm. like almost 90% of the 36 million companies out there. It's a big Mm -hmm. group. Um, And I started this journey uh, from, Wall Street, of all places. I've been mm. in financial services for the bulk of my career, always working in workplace benefits to some extent, whether it was retirement plans, stock plans, and financial wellness, but primarily for the Fortune 500, Fortune mm. 1000. Um, COVID shook me up pretty much, shook up mm. my husband and I, both of us, <laughs> Mm. Uh, he was a professor um, and I was in banking, pretty traditional and longstanding, conservative, large institutions. It's what you get when you're an immigrant or product of immigrants. Uh, you mm. take the safe, traditional route. But we, we, we made a path that was very different. Um, he's actually back in school to become a psychotherapist, focusing on young adults, um, still college students. And I started this fintech company. So you could say uh, we're having a revival of sorts. It's not mm. um, the Great Resignation, but for many of us who've been doing one thing, it's been about the Great Reinvention. And it's how about been, a Great Reboot? Yes, <laughs> reboot he's yes. always no. on brand. <laughs> it's it, you're, it's never too late. It's never too. It's never right. too. It's never never. It, it is right. all of those things. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Right.
0: That's, that, that's wonderful. I didn't, I didn't realize that you had made that shift. And, uh, I'm, I'm fascinated by a number of things, uh, relationship to, to, you know, the, this mutual choice that you and your husband made,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: um, the experience of being the child of immigrants and being a founding CEO and what that means to work. But but you tell me, what would be helpful to talk through for you? Because this is, as I said, it, even before we did the recording, we like to think of this as a kind of time for you yeah. as well as anything else.
3: Yeah. So a couple of things. Um, one is uh, last Friday I just learned that we, um, the company, got accepted into a very competitive accelerator. It's not ah. public yet. Otherwise, I would talk about it. It's a great honor. There was a all-day sort of live pitch day last Tuesday, mm. and it was thrilling, and it's a big win mm. for my entire team, people who mm. built the product, who are servicing our clients, who helped me put all the materials together. And I was super excited for like five minutes. Mm. And then I immediately went into targets and goals and mm. the next thing, the next thing. And mm. so part of it as a founder, um, I've been on this journey for about a year and a half. And for about a year, we've roughly a year, we had a first client last April. It did, like, I really want to find more joy. I really, I think I have some, um, I mean, Wall Street was very good to me in, in many respects. Um, it, it Very good. It afforded me, a good life, good opportunity mm-hmm. to help support my family, my parents, mm-hmm. and really take care of others. Um, but you're left with, I, I there's a little bit of PTSD. <laughs> there's a little bit of things I'm mm-hmm. unlearning, um, like really unlearning and starting from scratch. And then um, this whole journey is um, so intense. And mm-hmm. then the recent banking crisis. But even before that, COVID, it just seems like, It just happens all the time. So, uh, that, that is a challenge, um, that I really, I just want to be and live differently because that stuff Mm. isn't going to go away. It's always going to be hard. It's always going Mm. to, there will always be milestones, but I would like to just, um, have more fortitude and not go sideways so quickly, I think, and just Mm. savor these wins a little bit more. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So congratulations on getting into the accelerator program. That's really wonderful. And um, what was it that uh, I'm imagining, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, I'm imagining that there is a little bit of a space between the elation that you felt, congratulations, you've been accepted, and the planning. Yeah. What was in that space? What was the emotion that was in that space?
3: Um, God, that's a good question. And next time this happens, I'm going to think about that period a Mm -hmm. little bit more. Um, Mm -hmm. Quiet. Um, Mm. I I was with my family this past weekend. I went to see my parents for Easter. And um, so it happened Friday afternoon. Um, Mm. and I was like really excited and then immediately just almost frozen a Mm. little bit. Um, just quiet, just, uh, just open, quiet. Um, I, I can't think of anything, but then I, I almost intentionally needed to fill that void with a Mm. list of to do's and the next thing and the next thing. Um, And,
0: and what was the feeling behind when you start listing out to do's, what's the feeling there?
3: I'm thinking of the next board meeting, the next mm-hmm. target, the Monday meeting, the call. With, the,
0: with happiness, with sadness, with anger, with fear, what feeling?
3: Like it's hard, uh, oh. or it's a it's a feeling of it's weighty. Um, oh. responsibility. It's it's weighty. The responsibility. Is that's it? the
0: word. The, the word responsibility and obligation was sort of hanging on my Does that resonate? Obligate? Oh, yeah. See, now if this was video, you'd see <laughs> her eyebrows just popped up.
3: <laughs> it's like yes. you're a daughter of immigrants. You're an immigrant. You're the oldest. You're a um, uh, mom. You've got a bunch of people who've taken big salary cuts. You've taking venture money and you're, you're trying to be the best steward of it. You, you you can't mess up. You Um, cannot mess up. (sighs) Nope. I cannot. Nope. Which
0: is, so notice that how brief was that moment that you could just feel the elation and the pride before the sense of obligation and duty And dare I even say, perhaps even representation. Fully. Fully. Yeah, there we go.
3: Fully. That's a newer one. That's a newer one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What do you mean? Representation is a newer one?
3: I think, you know, I've been in financial services, but Mm -hmm. I had not been in this sort of venture, private equity Mm -hmm. investment arena um, they're really different. It's almost like you can be a doctor, but you could be a, mm-hmm. a cardiologist or a podiatrist. They're very different disciplines. they right. same thing right. in um, this whole space. And um, just, I think, going into even initial fundraising, I didn't mm. fully understand the stats around women founders funding. Minority founders. I I didn't have the full, I knew high level, but Mm. I didn't know how minuscule. I I, I don't think I understood the full weight of what that meant. And so, um, as a, there aren't that many Korean women, mom, what have founders in this fintech space. Uh, I think there are a lot of women in. Com- commerce, um, or maybe package goods, consumer goods, uh, it, it, it not there. There are more and more happening for sure, but the representation in what we've done in mm. some of the emails that I get, just blind emails on LinkedIn from, mm. um, younger Asian women or Asian women in large organizations wanting to start their own company. It's, 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 uh, like a little fan club. It, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. So that representation feel, I feel the weight of that as well as um, taking this big, I, sometimes I feel selfish that I'm doing this mm. um, versus the traditional mm. route and and just doing, completing what I would have done for my family. So that, those things,
0: yeah. So I just want to pause and acknowledge that. I want to string together some things that I think I heard you say. So I think I hear you identifying As the child of an immigrant, possibly an immigrant yourself, as Korean, as a woman, as a mom, as a fintech executive, as a founder, and as someone who is something of a role model, perhaps. That was my word, not yours. Yeah, you just took a deep breath (laughs) yeah there's a lot in there isn't there
3: yeah it's a it's a little if i knew then what i know now Mm -hmm. i would have told my younger self 20 years ago go for it like you can do it you've got the there's a there's a lot of uh adjusting and calibration as Mm -hmm. a founder in general and as a to pivot but yeah i that that resonates a little bit yeah Mm yeah
0: So I just want to acknowledge what you've accomplished already. Uh, and the statistics are against you in that
1: regard. And
0: Without making too big a bit, too big a deal of it, but I also don't want to underplay
3: it. Yeah. Yeah. I I have other founder friends um um black founder friends, uh, latina founder friends and they're experiencing the those numbers are even worse. Uh so I've right. got that cohort, I know um our countries founded by immigrants, there are a lot of immigrants. I had the fortune of birth of parents who love me who took care of me? Who stayed together? Many, many, many things. So I, it's hard to sort of receive that sometimes because mm-hmm. there's just still so much more to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, but I appreciate you saying that. So I'm going to take a moment to just say thanks for that, um, mm-hmm. and I'm I'll take another moment um, mm. to just kind of receive that.
0: Yeah. You know, as, as at least in this moment, in this bubble of this video call Hmm. from your coach and part of what our experience, you know, as the, I'm not just an old white guy, an old straight white guy, but I'm a coach and part of my job is to help people, um, be able to withstand the vicissitudes of what they've stepped into. And, you know, I often speak about uh, the roller coaster experience of up, down, up, down, up, down. I'm elated. Yay, we just got into this program. Holy shit, what did I just sign up for? <laughs> right? Like up, down, up, down. Mm-hmm. And part of the tool set that I would give you is the ability to pause and recognize what you've accomplished, the, the extraordinary experiences in which you find yourself operating. Not to, to hold yourself back and stay stuck in that space, but to just take a breath and realize this shit is hard. hmm. Mm-hmm. Like hard in a way that the, the media doesn't talk about. I cut you off. We're about to no, respond I was, I, to this. You know,
3: I, th- fortunately, or better for worse, like it for women, it, it's always been hard. So it was hard yes. before, too. This is a different hard.
0: Um, you mean it was hard when you were on Wall Street?
3: It was, it was, that was hard. <laughs> yeah. That was hard, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, there's the hard, the work. It's It's always never the work, too. It's sort of <sighs> the things that are... I mean, you know, you can run a meeting, you can work on a project, you can crunch numbers, you can present. It's, it's, it's the dynamics, right? It's the uh, sort of all the layers and all the in between. So, yes. So it, 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 it's, things are so, okay. Things are hard. So leave that at the door and you move on to the next thing. I think the surprises are how it does push you and the, um, it's just, it's intense. It's, it's just intense. Um, you know, everything's set up around incentives and those behaviors are created based on those incentives and there's a lot of structure around it. So, um, you can imagine it gets that way. This feels lean. Um, this feels definitely there's more agency, more control, more opportunity to cultivate and really change the game, but there's a bigger system. You are one startup, one founder within, the venture within the investor, the LP, the institutional, it's a, it's a whole ecosystem. So you don't ever escape it. It's just Mm -hmm. finding more of who you are and like leading with that. And that's, Mm -hmm. um, I feel like I've got more opportunity to do that now than before. Yeah.
0: I appreciate, uh, the fullness of that response. I really do. I mean, you know, uh, what I'm hearing you say is that you're able to extract out the opportunities that are implicit in the hardness that is now. And, and I really love that framing of the agency that you have uh, as no longer being cons- constrained, say, perhaps by the larger, more conservative institutions that you had to work with before. And you know when we when we endeavor to launch something brand new, and we convince people to take a pay cut to come join us on this crazy journey,
3: <laughs> uh,
0: we implicitly sign up for a certain kind of responsibility for their well being, right? Even if we lay it all on the table, it's like, yeah, we only got funding until X, and we are, you know, and what we're trying to do is Y, you know, and it's hard. So but you know, what, what I'm appreciating, Gene, is that you you are defining in so many ways what the journey of entrepreneurship for everyone is like. And then simultaneously identifying what the journey for you in your identity, in your body, in your experience has been like. And in both ways, there, is a, a, there are both differences and similarities um, for others who might uh, identify similarly or identify completely differently. And yet mm-hmm. there's the similarity of that experience. Why 401k? Why retirement planning? Mm. Why Penelope?
3: Um, so I spent a big chunk of my career um, sort of in this space, um, not just most recently in my last role, but earlier on in financial services sort of fell into it. So if I, I've actually seen over the last decade, two decades, when a client, you sell into a company and when a employee or a worker starts saving tax deferred, earning compounded interest, over time, you don't think about it. It, it grows, grows mm. tremendously. So it's um, and, and knowing a lot of stats on it, um, it for many sort of middle-class or em- em- Americans, uh, writ large, it is the core part of how they retire. It is their nest egg. So mm. a significant portion. Um, so I had experience with it. I exposure, I personally, mm. um, made my first sort of million in it, but because I started so early at 21, putting a little bit over time, it wasn't because I was a founder I got crypto mm. really early or mm. I get, it wasn't <laughs> anything other than the really boring way of just working which most of us have to do right right and so and part of that is I think watching my parents and their journey of being immigrants and mm. all of their sort of degrees mm. and their professions that they earned in Korea being non-consequential having to start from scratch. I suppose right. they could have gone back to school but they had three mm. little children under 5 so they needed to work right, right away.
0: And you were the so,
3: oldest. So and and watching them yeah say not say their 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 retirement plan was basically us which is right. pretty consistent with their generation. And if I asked my father today I just saw him over the weekend Dad, if you had $100,000 and you could put it, um, take it out of the bank and put it in the stock market and earn 8% or 10% versus the 2%, maybe it's a little bit higher now because of the way credit and markets right. are going right now, would you? Absolutely not. He would say absolutely, None, no amount of math because it's embarrassing it would be personally sort of humiliating to go to a bank and say, I need money, right? So there's mm-hmm. a culture. There are all these sort of dynamic elements, and I'm a, I'm a product of small business owners. They had a grocery mm-hmm. store, a restaurant, so I kind of grew up in it. And so I think what COVID launched for me was around, you know, you have PPP loans. None of our clients were looking for PPP loans, broad-based, middle-class, high-net-worth individuals. All of our clients were doing great. Uh, and and there's this sort of rallying cry around small businesses. And they're, and I believe that. I think they are the heart of America. I really do. I, I, I love all of the small stores and restaurants in our neighborhood here in New York. And I, it, so, so that's why. It's giving people who have jobs, just workers, uh, it could be retail, um, creatives, restaurant, construction. These are all the kind of clients we have who make under hundred K have a shot at having a million dollars after working for 40 years. And I feel like you ought to, you earn that right, quite frankly, you should. Yeah. And the reality is that's just not where we are as a culture. We've mm-hmm. done a tremendous job of teaching people to buy now, pay later, spend, mm-hmm. put it on credit, go, buy more, Bye. buy, buy, buy. But not to, I, 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 at first I wanted to turn them to savers, but it's not even savers, put it, invested, invested, invest, it. invest right. it and just get started. So I think um, a big part of this big journey is just trying to create more relief, Um and, and do my small part. And, um, both my husband, he was a teacher now We're we're, but we both come from very sort of service oriented, service-minded households. And so I think for the second half of our life, we just wanted to live a little differently.
0: Well, you know, it's such a joy and pleasure to talk to you. I I really had no idea of this background. (laughs) I really didn't. But um, thank you. You know, we've been doing this podcast now for nine years. Uh, I've written books, and I talk to entrepreneurs all the time. And some, oftentimes, just just as we were referencing a few minutes ago, we talk about the experience of withstanding that roller coaster ride, or as I often say, not getting on the roller coaster but actually being mm. able to be with the roller coaster. Right. And one of the I didn't tactics, didn't have to get on
3: the roller coaster. Okay. No, you
0: do not right. have to get on the roller coaster.
3: I, I'm like, let me buy that ticket. Let me be the first in line. Uh, I don't even have to no. buy the ticket. Okay. Got you
0: it. Do, you do not have to buy the ticket. You can just enjoy. There's a line in my book reboot where Coney, I say Coney Island cyclone is best admired from the ground, but you know, The first thing I was saying before was was to just be able to pause and recognize what you've accomplished. I'm going to give you another tool, which you already have, which is to remember why you did this thing in the first place. Because, you know, that experience of elation and then the setting in of the obligation and the weightiness of all that can in some ways be made lighter if you do what you just did which is to recognize why am i doing this in the first place you know to be a little prosaic about it you have created penelope so that you could go back in time and give your parents the ability to put retirement savings (laughs) right that's really what this business is about
3: kind of yes
0: and there yes. are how many millions of people who are just like your parents?
3: 60 million.
0: That's all. That's all. <laughs> 60 million people who might have the capacity to look to the future and not be freaked out.
3: Yeah.
0: Right? That, that, that their child, my, my youngest son, is getting married this, this, this December that their child starts to want to get married and you can reach into savings and give them a gift that makes it a little bit easier. Or you can give them that start a loan that helps them buy their first home. Mm -hmm. Or you may be able to help with tuition in some capacity. I mean, this is what the post-World War II middle class was supposed
3: to be about for everybody. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Right. And that, that is the thing of post-World War II for Americans, Gen Z, or boomers and Gen Z, it's um, been, you know, personal finance has been broadly sort of for the post-World War II white middle class, the professionals. That's
0: right. That's right.
3: Doctors, lawyers, dentists, middle, the world looks different 50 years later, you know, 60 years later. It's, it's. It's it's dynamic. It's um, operating differently, and it creates this groundswell for so much more opportunity to help more people. Um, yeah, and, and look, and, and, yeah.
0: Look, the, the the role of racism in this one one aspect of racism is that um, you know there's there's the structural racism. Where, you know, if I, if I look at my grandparents' journey, my grandparents yeah. who were immigrants, um, you know, were in, a, in some ways similar to your parents' journey, right? They came, they had uh, the privilege of being identified as white, even though perhaps 30, 40 years before as Italians, they would not have been identified as white. But suddenly World War One comes along and it starts to shift the dynamic, who's white, who's acceptable. Meantime, you know, millions of uh, immigrants from South Asia and from Asia broadly are not identified as white. And so there's this conflict going back and forth, or you look at the inherent racism in you know, the, the, the federal housing programs and, and ways in which, you know, segregation was maintained through housing programs. And my ancestors were able to move through that middle class experience with structural yeah. support from yeah. a society that welcomed them because of how they identified and how they were racialized. And they moved toward that American middle-class dream, and they benefited from that. And then, so you have this this parallel process of structural racism, institutionalized racism, basically identifying who got the American dream and who didn't get the American dream. And we now have a shift. Who is the middle class? And who is the, uh, the you know, and, and yeah. it feels like you're leaning yeah. into that without it being, yeah. say, that the strategy no. or the mission of the business. Am I seeing that it, right? It,
3: yeah, I, you know, I, um, a, a, a large portion of our clients, I would say, or a number of our clients are minority businesses, mm-hmm. women-owned mm-hmm. businesses for sure. And we, we talked a little bit earlier about representation and that being one option. Um, just maybe we have a, a, a different lens in which we talk mm-hmm. about it, reducing so much more jargon, simplifying the onboarding and sort of the choice options. We, we, we consciously really think about all of those elements in setting up mm-hmm. the plan. So that's one. The other one is, um, I I, I never intended to create a pink brand or a rainbow brand or Mm. any We're. I think it's, I just want to make sure that what we provide will have the best outcome for the lowest paid person at the company or the organization. Tell me, how how did
0: 21-year-old Gene start (laughs) thinking about, I better put some money away? Because I don't know many Uh, uh, 21-year-olds who start thinking like
3: that. Yeah. So uh, my first job at a college was at Goldman. I had a boss. Mm -hmm. So I was in financial services that said, put your money in your 401k, just put it in this, et cetera. So it was just, Mm -hmm. it was probably that. I didn't understand, really. Uh, And so I did, because my parents certainly didn't have one. Um, right. but all of my cohorts are that class. They certainly knew um, right. what to do already. I mean, they, they had, that was the feeling they had, they, had,
0: they came yeah. from families that had already. Yeah.
3: Absolutely. Right. right. They knew right. what mutual funds were, what equities were, what stock, they were. Right. Yes. It, it was conversation. This is the benefit my daughter has who, um, mm. Also, the company's named after her. Her name is Penelope. So she is literally the direct beneficiary of all the labor of my husband and me, as well as our parents combined.
0: Well, what she is, is the descendant of your parents, her grandparents on both sides, and all of those ancestors who put you and your husband... In New York City, so that Penelope can be born there or grow up there.
3: Yes. Yeah. yeah. She is. Yeah. So um, it, it takes, um, you had mentioned your grandparents coming. It takes generations. You know, yeah. you're, you're, um, it takes time. Yeah.
0: i want I want to go back in time though because I always find these stories fascinating so mom and dad emigrated to the United States is that right
3: yeah and um the my siblings and I we came um just shy of maybe eight nine months afterwards we were they thought we were young um so we immigrated too they were really concerned about um finding a job, finding an apartment, taking care uh-huh. of three kids. It would just be too much. So we stayed with our grandparents, and then we came afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: And uh, what did your grandparents do? My,
3: um, on my father's side, my grandfather passed away when my dad was 16, uh-huh. and my grandmother passed when I was very young. So my father had been sort of working and building and sort of on his own. Um, on my mother's side, my maternal uh, grandparents, my grandmother didn't work. Most grandmothers didn't work. So they mm-hmm. didn't work. My grandfather had a publishing company in Korea mm-hmm. that have, fell on hard times.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: so it was um, sort of sold. Um and then when he retired, they both, my, my mother brought them to mm. the States and my grandmother pretty much raised my siblings and I. Mm. In fact, she spent a big chunk of time raising all of the grandkids. She was the, she raised her six kids and raised probably about 20 grandkids. So mm. that's what, which is work and labor mm-hmm. in and of itself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's um, meaningful labor, big labor. Um, so that that's what they did, yeah.
0: So I'm imagining grandparents, both sides, lived through the war, the uh, Korean War?
3: Yes, yes.
0: And lived it, through, maybe even been born during the Japanese occupation?
3: Oh, yeah. A little bit, yeah. They might have around that period. Definitely lived through the Korean War. I hadn't even thought through those I, machinations, but for sure, yeah. I think that hits it right there. Yeah.
0: There's, there's, uh, there's. Um, hmm. I often encourage folks to hold an awareness of what the ancestors went through. Um, yeah. Because it, they teach us. Yeah. In subtle ways, like you better put money away because the publishing company can disappear, or you better put money away because oh, yeah. forces outside. for oh, sure.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. And there's still something about balancing everything to the penny. I'm a little bit past it, but for a long time, I was very. I, I just needed to know where everything was, and even in starting this company. You know, there was going to be no rock that I didn't look under. Yeah. I, I, there, I was just <laughs> going to do it all. There was going to be no right. way, um, right. not with leaving the role that I had, leaving, um, putting my daughter's name on the company. I mean, so many different things that are, it's 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 this personal, odd thing that's happening that wasn't fully designed this way, but here we are. Um, mm-hmm. Well,
0: it was, I would argue it was fully designed by your unconscious. It wasn't, it wasn't consciously designed, but there's a part of you that, and I'm going to argue it's a superpower. There's a part of you that needs to know what's under every one of those rocks that needs to know where every penny is. And, you know, as you, as you grow the team, I would argue that something to pay attention to is to not let the dark side of that superpower take over.
3: Yeah. It shows
0: up as a kind of controlling. Yeah. Versus the strength of it, which is we are thoughtful, we're methodical, we're meticulous in the way we plan.
3: Yeah. It's interesting. So Jerry, I, I would ask you, um, this is a, a good question because um, there there are a couple of learnings that I had in the past mm-hmm. where you bring people on, on resume, the companies mm-hmm. that they work at, the role, et cetera. And so, or you leave it alone. You're like, they've got it. you Because I would love it if someone else could tell me what to do all the time, including eating breakfast, eating, making <laughs> every single decision. <laughs> just just I will just show up and work. So you but as mm-hmm. as a founder, and this is what everyone has told me now I'm bearing I'm it's bearing mm-hmm. out that way, is I have to know every single detail, even if that is not my expertise. So I'm not a developer, I'm not a digital mm-hmm. product lead, but I have worked with my team and Gotten really comfortable. I'm still not able to code or any of these things, but they couldn't be things left alone, or even mm. sales. I have not an official. I, I've never right. had a, been a professional salesperson, but I've right. got to understand every lead that comes through, where it came from, what it costs. So what's happened is when I hire for, and you always say I'm going to hire people better, smarter, doing more. Right. And they still are, it's, it, but you have to know it. So I, mm-hmm. I am finding myself just way in the weeds to get a pulse because those are just all different areas. So we're, we're in a good groove right now with the team. Um, most, except a few, have been here from the very beginning. And we're mm-hmm. getting a good flow, the second hand, mm-hmm. of how we're communicating about things. But that took time to cultivate. It didn't happen in an instance. Mm -hmm. Um, So it, how, Hmm. I I don't want to go into, I would love to just say, Mm -hmm. here you go. Have at it. But and you always want every person to, no one's going to think about it, worry about it. And 24 seven, like a founder, it is just very different. It's just really different.
0: Right. So you're, you're really touching upon a number of issues a number of facets of what makes the job of being a founding CEO so challenging. One is that that no one is going to feel the business the way founders feel the business and have this sensibility about what's going on. Moreover, you're no longer treating things like a job, meaning Right. These are my set of responsibilities. I'm going to stay in my sandbox. You need to know the whole playground, not just your sandbox. And the downside to that is you could stand in the way of the business scaling. You could stand in the way of the business being, being yeah. able to grow. So the challenge is hard, but not as complicated as people think it is. Uh, The first step is to make sure that you're uh, exquisitely self-aware, just as Mm -hmm. you are, so that to know that you have this capacity to uh, need to understand the programming that goes behind that little tool, that app that you all have built, or the thinking behind the design, and that you're going to have a point of view about that, and to know that that point of view is informed by everything that we've been talking about, the ancestors and the obligation from them, yeah. the, the, the sense of responsibility that comes from representation, the sense of ownership when you've asked people to join your enterprise. Yeah. All of that is pl- at play, at least unconsciously, if not conscious, unconsciously and consciously. And to know that, that that's operating and that when your breath gets caught and you're like, fuck, why did they change the pixel on that left-hand side of the page? I, you know, When that arises inside of you, know that that's what's going on, right? The reason it's so important is what we have to activate is a discerning capability, is mm-hmm. you're going to get triggered in that way. You're going to get pulled into worrying about things. And so what we want to do is activate the discerning part of your brain that says, yeah, actually, I don't need to know that. Or to look across the aisle and say, okay, John over there in development, he's got it.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But equally important, Gene, is the ability to give your team the awareness that, hey, this is how I'm wired. This is what I'm carrying. My first impulse is going to be to double check things, not because I don't necessarily believe in you, right? But because I'm trying to quiet some anxieties I've got. Yeah, because I'm carrying this boatload of stuff,
3: <laughs> so
0: I'm I, I'm going <laughs> to lean in. <laughs> You're laughing.
3: No, I'm imagining like, having this conversation, um, but they're um, they're uh, God, my team. I love my team. They're so good. Um, they'll they'll get that. They'll
0: get that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, It there was this one time where my now oldest son, or he was my oldest son at that time, announced in like September that in October he was going to China to study Kung Fu. Okay. And, you know, he was like 22, 23 at the time. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> You're going to China for for months, right? And so, of course, I then freak out and I make this long list of all the things he has to get done before he goes. But wait, Gene, here's how crazy I got. I then did half the things on the list, right? And I gave him the list and I said, this is your father being crazy, okay? Ignore this. You can get it done. And in that moment, I gave him permission to not take in and internalize my anxiety. Right. right? I it. gave him the skill to be able to push back on me.
3: It's a note. Yeah. So funny. Right?
0: So um, that's I, what I'm saying. It's, it's like you yeah. can say to the team, look, this, what we do is really important. That's activating purpose. And what you're doing is really important. And sometimes you're going to be a little nuts as a consequence of doing this, yeah, so you just take a deep breath, you give them the skills, you give them permission to say, "Gene, we got this
3: yeah yeah they're right? there um yeah we're get, we're there definitely there with a couple of them for sure it's it's mm. a process it we're all figuring mm-hmm. it out, and um mm. again, I feel fortunate to have mm. um these young, awesome people, they're, they're, they're really great. They're, they're Mm. why we've got our product, our clients are being served. We're growing Mm. and all of those things. So, um, yeah, I will, I will tell them. Yeah.
0: Well, hopefully that's, that's been helpful. I, I really want to thank you for coming on, uh, on the show and sharing a little bit of your journey. It was really a delight to meet you. And, uh, we will talk soon. If you
1: enjoyed this episode, go to reboot.io slash podcast to listen to all five seasons of our podcast conversations and leave us a review on iTunes. That's the best way for other people to find and enjoy the show just as you have done. And don't forget to join our mailing list at reboot.io slash sign up. So you never miss an episode. Thank you for listening.
3: How long till my soul gets it right?
2: Are you interested in coaching, but unsure where to start? At Reboot, we know finding the right coach can feel daunting. If you'd like to explore coaching with Reboot, our engagement team will work closely with you to find the coach to best match your goals so that you can learn to unlock what's in your way, leverage your talents as a leader, and live and lead a more aligned life. To learn more about Reboot's approach to coaching or to connect with our engagement team, head to reboot.io slash coaching.